This is Miller's Edge on Tide Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is the Miller's Edge. Tuscaloosa. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into the Miller's Edge on the Tide 100.9. Hope you're doing well as we kick off this Thanksgiving week. A lot to be thankful for, for sure. We'll get to some of that this week as we are headed towards an abbreviated week. And we will be uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off on Turkey Day and then off on Friday. So we'll try to get as much as we can in on the show this week because it will be a short week and of course I know everybody's going to be spending time with family, friends, hanging out, traveling whatever you're doing Uh, so we'll be um, short this week so we'll get as much as we can in on this program and then we'll try to probably do an extra on YouTube maybe Tuesday or Wednesday as well so uh, make sure you check us out on that Christian can tell you more about that as we get rocking and rolling big game, big tide Alabama looked great on Saturday. Early game, early kick, but they didn't uh, sleep in. They didn't uh, walk around in a, in a fog. They came out firing, ready to go as they win the game over Chattanooga, 66 to 10. As they get ready for the Iron Bowl this week, a huge week uh, for Bama as they uh, kind of get another test before they hit the road to Atlanta to take on Georgia in the SEC championship and we'll talk about the game in Tuscaloosa we'll talk I don't really want to talk about it but (laughs) poor Auburn New Mexico State they lose by 21 yeah I said it right don't run off the road Auburn lost to New Mexico State Jerry Kill the head coach by 21 so I don't know if that's looking past New Mexico State towards Alabama or just they didn't play well I didn't see the game I just saw the score Uh, but we can talk about that I'm sure Uh, if you're in the mood for that number for the show. And I will get it right on today, 205-342-9904. I was saying 242 on Friday. So it's 205-342-9904. Not that you don't know the number by now if you listen to the show or or any of these shows on our station. And uh, But, you know, correct me. I mean, nobody corrected me. They just let me, you know, be wrong. Corey Miller, Christian Miller, Noah Haynes behind the glass. Guys, happy Monday. A lot to get into on the program today. I know... Uh, Saturday was a beautiful day, Noah. Once again, wrong on his prediction. I was too. They got close to 100, 
but not 100. Christian, what's up? <laughs> no much. Yeah, that's why I shouldn't listen to you. I originally was saying 59-7. And then you're like, oh, you know, you know how Coach Saban is. And you, I, I, you got in my ear, and I'm like, you know, maybe more like 48-7. But, uh, look, I'm, I'm glad it was definitely – uh, more more of the former, right? I mean, 66 points. That was the first time, uh, I think, scoring over 60. Or the most they've scored, uh, I think, since like 2019 or some stat I saw. But uh, definitely a real, uh, really impressive outing. But uh, before Saturday, Friday, we did our last show at Buffalo's Cafe. Kind of bittersweet. You know, it's been a fun season doing it over there. But uh, definitely had a great turnout. I got to hang out with everybody one last time, at least for the time being. Maybe we'll do some shows over there for uh, basketball season. We'll see. Uh, what's in store but definitely had a great time at buffalo's cafe and if you haven't been to buffalo's cafe go check it out now weekday lunch specials 9.99 uh, beverages included you've got wing night every wednesday all you can eat wings for 17.99 uh, you can't beat these deals folks i mean it's it's a great place to just go hang out bring your family or to go watch football games they got a nice little bar area you can order some drinks have a great time so check them out but um yeah in, in terms of the game i mean it was it was really impressive i, I get it it was chattanooga as the mocks you know probably you know, not the most impressive opponent. They had a backup quarterback playing who definitely looked frazzled. Uh, didn't help when Chris Braswell <laughs> gave him a nice lick uh, in the first quarter. Which Great hit, by the way. Yeah, and I was Great about to hit. say, it's not even really worth probably asking you your thoughts on it. I, I talked to Chris about it <laughs> immediately after. And then later on, I uh, got to meet his parents. His parents actually came over to Jamie's house. And uh, we, we had some Thanks. nice food over there. Oh, yeah, you missed out, man. It's, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, I, there's no point asking you about it. I know, Mr. Old School, you were, you were good with it. And uh, I, I, my thing was this, because he, he showed it to me a hundred times, arguing this case. Um, look, it I, wasn't targeting. Uh, okay, here's the thing. This was my – we'll just jump right into it. We'll start here. So I was, you know, doing my job as sideline reporter, and I, I just happened to be, like, right on the yard line wherever the quarterback was – you know, his, where his drop back was. So I was, like, right there. I'm going to tell you right now, you could hear that hit. There was some, I mean, there was definitely some contact, whether it was his shoulder pad, his face mask, I don't know. There, there was a clean contact. I mean, it was a when he, when he hit that quarterback. Felt bad for the guy. But I was kind of confused because I, I want to say it was empty, right? They went full slide away. Braswell came, you know, Scott free off the edge, clean. And I think what happened was, was and he pretty much said this, you know, he wouldn't expect this to be so free like that. And typically when that happens, number one, the quarterback had an ME. He was supposed to get the ball out hot. He just sat there and froze, right? He probably froze in fear when he saw Braswell just flying at him. So Braswell's not small. He's like 6'5", 250, right? Maybe almost 260. I don't know. But, um, look, I, it looked like he, he initially started to kind of use a little bit of his hands or forearm, right? But then his head just followed so quickly. And where the placement of his head was, I mean, it was literally like probably where the shoulder pad meets the face mask. And so some part of his helmet had to hit the face mask. Because when I tell you it was a loud hit, it was a loud hit. He about de decapitated the kid, it looked like. And my, my, my thing is, that, like, I, I get it. And I told him this. Like, I get it, man. You're excited. You're coming off like that. You're not going to think on that. Because he was asking, like, well, what am I supposed to do? And I was like, you, you got to just try your best to go back to those basic form tackling rules where you practice on a dummy where, you know, you, know, you, you, you offset your head, you know, you know, across the body, mm -hmm. you know, you wrap up. But then he was basically saying that, that he didn't want it to – he was thinking on Dallas's hit, and he didn't want it to be like that um, in terms of kind of pile driving. I was like, well, you just don't pile drive the guy. And just treat it like the bag drill, just – you know, head to the side, form tackle, wrap up, drive your feet, but then don't 
put your body weight on him at the end. But I was like, honestly, I get it. I mean, it just happened so quick. I hated it for him, you know, because he was celebrating senior day. His family was all in town. And to get ejected like that, that early in the game. That makes you mad. Yeah, I know. I hated it for him. I felt awful for him. But then, to yeah. make it even worse, they negate the sack, right? I mean, if they're going to kick him out of the game, at least give the guy the sack. That way he can say, all right, I got me a sack on senior day. Yeah, I had to call it early, but we're probably not going to be playing in this game very long anyway. You know, I can just go sit down. Well, unfortunately, they, they negate the sack, and then you just don't get to play. But, like I said on the Miller's Edge postgame show, which if you haven't followed us or subscribed there, go to YouTube right now. Check us out at the Miller's Edge on YouTube where we do all our postgame shows and Miller's Edge Extra, all that good stuff. But I said on there, um, the good thing about this, if there is any good, is that he won't miss time against Auburn. So, long story short... <laughs> I can see why they called it targeting. He showed me all these different angles, and I said, look, man, at the end of the day, I mean, if you're in the head or – I'm pretty sure the rule is head or neck region, right? If it wasn't the head, it definitely was the neck. (laughs) Above the shoulder. Yeah, it's above the shoulder. Uh, I mean – I I get it. Look, I I know you're going to – you love it. It's a good physical hit. And I even told him, like, I get it. Growing up, like, as a a defender, like – you pray for those type of plays. Like, you pray to just go clean somebody like that. You don't get better than that. I, I mean, I used to do it all the time in high school. I used to run, and I used to just lower my shoulder, and I'm 6'4". So I would probably hit people in the head, neck area all the time because high schoolers, you know, the guys you're playing against, they're 5'10". So I was probably knocking people, you know, in, in their head and shoulder. But that's how you learn, you know what I mean? But unfortunately, the way the game is now, you just have to do your best Sad. to just go back. To, to, you know, head offset to the side, wrap them up, you know, gently set them down, give them a nice pillow and blanket as you do that, you know, read them a little bit. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I, I hate it for them, but, I mean, hell of a hit, though. Yeah, it should have been good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Now, listen, <laughs> it's just, there was a, this was a clean hit. This is what you teach. I mean, it's, listen, I get it. By the rule, right? By the rule. They're calling by the rule. That's what they're going to say. By the definition of the rule, could you call targeting? Yes. In my opinion, was it targeting? No. It wasn't nothing really violent. It was a great hit. He he lowered his, his pad level down, bent those knees, exploded through the hips. That's what you teach kids to do. Uh, it wasn't the top of the helmet. It was just, you can't play this game of football going this fast. And I get everything you said, textbooked, you know, dummy style. But you're in a game when when the bullets are live, you're not thinking about that. Right. I mean, you coming off the edge, you you you're wide open. You just think about making a play. Your instincts take over. This is what they don't understand. You can't ask somebody to be thinking about how do I get my head across and how do I do this. And then, oh, by the way, when I hit him, like you said, I'm gonna lay him down very gingerly, very nice, and and, and you know, all is good. That's not the game of football. It's, it's about instincts. It's about, you know, boom, making a play. There's no way you're going to tell me you can stop somebody sometimes from having, uh, you know, helmet-to-helmet contact. It's not going to happen. You know, I think it should be called based on if a guy just tries to, to do that, right? If he lowers the crown of his helmet, blatantly hits yeah. the guy. We know the difference. People know the difference. By the letter of the law, the rule, can you call targeting like 15, 20 times a game? You probably could by the rule. And then you throw kids out. You throw this man out on senior day. His family's in town. You know, this is his last hurrah at Bryant-Denny Stadium. And he played about five, six minutes in the first quarter, if that. 
and now he can't, then you make him take his helmet off and watch. It is the dumbest, most stupidest rule there is in sport. I, I mean, mean, if I, anything, I call, the foul, say call the foul if you want. It is dumb because well, I mean, when you make a kid go out the game, uh, listen, if you get maybe two times, like they, if it's a sportsman like, yo, that's his first one, that's a warning, and then the next one's sportsman like, you get them, then they kick you out. Why can't they do the same thing for these targeting calls? Because sometimes kids can't help it. You got people flying around as big and fast and running four fours and four fives and bodies when you launch and when you're in a, you, some, you just can't stop sometimes. I mean, how do you implement a rule like this that that's going to make a kid and they affect games. If a kid gets kicked out, I mean, it could be a, a big piece, a big player, and he's out the game. I mean, th- these I, things. I hear, are, I hear what you're saying on that. I, I, what I'm saying is, I'm I'm for player safety when it when it actually makes sense, right? That, that's what I mean. Like I, I me get, too. I think they need to adjust it absolutely. I think they need to have better criteria, you know, on what actually is targeting or, or what actually is something. It's like some of these penalties. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're overdoing it. They're overreacting. I know the refs have a hard time. I'm not trying to, you know, bash any refs. It, ironically, you know, now that I do the sideline reporting. No, ironically, now that I do the sideline reporting, and I I, um, I have the honor of uh, walking out the Make-A-Wish uh, participant every home game, you know, to the coin toss. I actually didn't even realize all these refs, they're actually really cool, man. They always come speak to me because it's the same refs that were, you know, refing when I was playing. And I'm just shocked because I'm not going to lie. I used to kind of chirp at them sometimes when they wouldn't call holding, but they're always so nice to me. So I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, disrespect the refs because they got a hard job, but they definitely overreact with some of these calls. So I will agree with you. They, there needs to be some changes on how they call some of these calls, uh, particularly targeting in this case. I, I feel like you're right. They, they overdo it. However, I like the idea behind it in terms of player safety because there are some hits, like you said, that are blatant targeting, right? Uh, where a guy just, you know, he's running with the crown of his helmet. That's not just protecting the the player on the receiving end. That's the the protecting the guy that's dishing out the hit too because sometimes these guys are trying to, you know, go take somebody out, but they're about to take themselves out and hurt themselves. So I know I sound like the, oh, he's the new school scary guy. It's not that, folks. I also know what comes with playing the game for a long time. I want people to be able to play at a high level for a long time and to be able to walk away from the game clean. That's why I'm an advocate, a proponent for protecting players the best you can. However, there does need to be some changes. Like, like again, I know Braswell wasn't trying to take the guy out like that. He's 6'5", that quarterback. What's that quarterback's height? Let me see if I got it right here. It was Schromberg. Uh, he is, uh, they've got him listed. He, they've got him listed at 6'3", but he didn't look, look, he looked a lot smaller than, than Braswell, in my opinion. But anyway, you know, it is what it is. I hate it for Braswell, but we'll have him against Auburn. Will we, <laughs> will we actually need him necessarily seeing how Auburn played last week? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go there because I'll, I'll say this, and I'm not trying to segue just yet unless you want to. But uh, one thing I will say is I, I urge people to pump the brakes just on Auburn's recent performance because I, I see a lot of, Man, they lost 31-10. You know, this team's a joke, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, just just to be clear, folks, never judge an opponent off one week right now. Again, I'm not trying to pump them up either, but if you're going to look at one game, you got to look at some of the others, right? They only lost to Georgia and Ole Miss, but only one score. And then before this tragic loss to to New Mexico State, they were, you know, 3-0 and in SEC play, or the last three games they had won in SEC play. Granted, they weren't the best SEC teams by any means. However, 
they were kind of figuring some things out. The quarterback was starting to play a little bit better. I hate to throw this stat out there. It's kind of stupid, but it is what it is. Hugh Freeze has beaten Coach Saban, not once, but twice, right? So, I mean, it's just my, my thing is I wouldn't judge this game just off of how Auburn played against New Mexico State. I'm with you. I would not be shocked because um, I did hear some rumblings that they probably were just, you know, overly focused on Alabama. That wouldn't shock me. They, they, they possibly were overlooking this New Mexico State team. Uh, but with all that being said, regardless, this is a this is a rivalry game. You're going to give you your best game. I said this last week, or, or I might have said it on the post game show. I'm probably mixing it up, but you can't judge them off of what they've done all season. Auburn could go into this game 0 and 10 or whatever their record is 0 and 11, whatever, and then still come out and play Alabama and play the best they've ever played this whole season, just because you know the the significance of this game, right? It's the Iron Bowl, right? So I wouldn't necessarily just say, oh, okay, they lost New Mexico State 31-10. We're just going to blow them out. We should blow them out, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we do. However, you definitely got to respect them because I'm telling you right now, going to Jordan-Hare, always some fluke stuff going on. They play like it's a Super Bowl. It's competitive. The atmosphere is going to be chaotic. It's wild. Um, but with that being said, I still think we're going to steamroll these guys. But I definitely still want to respect your opponent, not just – you know, go off of one game, even though that was a pretty bad loss. I mean, they, they paid this, th- these guys, what, 1.6 or almost $2 million to come in their house. They got a, they got a Jimbo them. Fisher payout <laughs> coming out there and, and beat you by three touchdowns. But no, you're right. I mean, I think, you know, I saw a lot of people, you know, laughing and joking, but I almost felt like, you know, maybe that's the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. Because normally a team like that now, they're they going to have a, to ultra focus coming in <laughs> to try to despoil Alabama's you know, a quest to get to the college football playoffs because, yeah, losing to Auburn wouldn't stop them from going to Atlanta. We know that, but it will stop them from any chance, even if they win against Georgia, to get to the college football playoffs. So I, I, I'm with you. I would definitely uh, chill right there because you know that it's not going to be the same Auburn that lost by three touchdowns to New Mexico State. They're going to be fired up. They're going to do some things to try to spoil the day for Alabama. So uh, the game next week, it has no, no, nothing to do with, uh, you know, happened this, the prior, the last week, I should say, will have nothing to do with the game coming up this weekend. But, yeah, is Alabama much better? Yes, we know that. Alabama plays their best football. We see how they've been playing the last month. If that Alabama shows up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bow up. But if Alabama goes out there and sleepwalks and, you know, you're on the road, that's one of the loudest stadiums uh, in the SEC, can and things get crazy? Yes, and we've seen it, right? We've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen at Jordan Hare Stadium uh, down in Auburn. So, yeah, I would definitely pump my brakes. We'll talk some more about uh, Chattanooga if you want to. It's a blowout 6-6-10 to Tyrone Rowe. Jalen Miro got things done early and often, and he hit the sideline. Ty Simpson got some valuable reps, and Dylan Lonergan came in. He was 100% passing the football, albeit it was only 12 yards but they were really nice 12-yard throws or six-yard throws, whatever it was. He looked pretty good. Ty Simpson, a 70-something-yard run for a touchdown. Oh, no. It was a touchdown because he dropped the ball before he got in the end zone. I was thinking Nick Saban was going to go off on him like crazy, but he did. We'll uh, talk about that. He might, he might today in the good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> yeah, he will in private when there's no cameras. He's probably going to go off. But uh, he, he kind of refrained uh, from doing that on camera. So we'll get to talk about that. I want to know what's your fondest Auburn, Alabama, your Iron Bowl memory. Give us something because I'm not, uh, you know, 50 years in this thing. Uh, I want to hear from some of the fans, you know, what's their fondest memories in this rivalry game. 
There have been a lot of great memories, no doubt about that. 205-342-9904 is it on for the program. Don't forget to download that free app, Tide 100.9. You can put your comments, ask a question there. You can even voice your question, too, on that app. And it's free. It won't cost you anything. We'll have a timeout. Come back. Your phone calls. We'll talk more about the Tide big win over the Mox. And we'll look forward to the Iron Bowl. We got all that and more coming up right here on the Middle's Edge on the Tide 100.9, 12:30 a.m. WTBC. We're sponsored by our good friends at the Good Feet Store, America's our support experts. Back in a moment. Are you looking for home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama? We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mild afternoon, clouds increasing, the high 71. Tonight, rain and thunderstorms moving in. There could be a few strong storms around, below 59. Tomorrow, cloudy and windy with rain ending during the morning, the high at 68. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hey Panini, don't you be a meanie. Thought you wanted me to go. Why you trying to keep me thinny? I hit the genie. And we're back here on the Miller's Edge on a Monday. Hope you're doing well. Corey Miller, the pastor of pain. Christian Miller, young Miller, and young Noah Haynes behind the glass giving you these nice sounds on the comeback. Uh, was a, I don't have no idea who that was. <laughs> I have no idea who that was, Noah, but it sounded good. I, I, mean, don't, I don't know if you'd be a huge fan. It's, it's Lil Nas X. He's got some uh, controversial music videos. Uh, Woo. Yeah, I, was, I don't know if you'd be a big <laughs> fan of... Um, Nas? I know Nas, no? No, no, not, not that Nas. It's a different one. He, he's got... With you being a preacher, I'm not going to lie, he's got some stuff even that I kind of was not a big fan of in his music videos, but uh, no, definitely the, the song is catchy for sure. Definitely catchy song. Well, I bind Lil Nas up in Jesus. There, yeah, you probably, you probably, you probably, you, you probably should, because basically he had some, yeah. some the opposite of Jesus, Jesus stuff in one of his oh, music yeah, well, videos. Come on, Noah, once you give me some Kirk Franklin <laughs> not or that something. One, not that. No, not that song, not that song. Okay. I can't remember which one it was, but there's one okay, of them. I, I, it's not the beat was good. Y'all was telling me, yeah, no, Dad, it's, it's a, about the it's beat. Ain't the lyrics. It's about the beat. You know, that's what y'all young people be saying about me. No, it's not. I'm about the beat. Y'all about the lyrics. I'm a lyrical person. I'm a lyricist, by the way. And uh, A lyricist or a lyricist? Whatever. One of them. Whatever, son. <laughs> whatever, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Miller's Edge as we digress here on a Monday. The Bama tied. Boys gets it done 66 to 10 over Chattanooga. Auburn goes down. It's a showdown this week. It's rivalry week. Uh, all across the country, this is going to be the week of chaos, guys. Okay, you write it down, you mark it down. This is going to be the week of chaos. Everybody's been talking about Bama being at number eight, Texas at the number seven. You got Oregon right there. You got Washington. They get a big win, but this week is going to be chaotic. Just mark it down. It's going to happen. Wait, and for, I feel bad for everybody, just, or are you saying for Alabama? No, for everybody. Just in the, in the top ten, top eight. There's going to be some things happen. Why? Because uh, Michigan plays 
Ohio State. You know, they got the Apple Cup going on. Florida State got to play Florida. And our thoughts and our prayers goes out to Jordan Travis, the starting quarterback uh, for the Seminoles, who had a very, very bad uh, lower leg injury. Uh, he tweeted uh, something uh, this morning. I might have read it or saw it. He talked about how he's doing fine and uh, about the Lord's you know, purpose in his life. Very great, great young man. And I uh, appreciate his uh, thoughts, what he said about that, the journey that's in front of him. And uh, he had a great attitude. And I pray that he bounces back very quickly. He was having a Heisman-type season, no doubt, no doubt about it, for Florida State. So uh, now that being said, everything is laid out. Alabama has to win. They got to go beat Georgia. Georgia goes to Rocky Top. We talked about the game last week. We thought it might be close. It was for the first series. <laughs> Tennessee went right down. Bam! One play in the touchdown and jumped on uh, Georgia. But then it was... Uh, it was done. They smoked them after that. They went 38-10 to 10 over the Volunteers. So Georgia now uh, has their rival game against the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech, who they won this weekend, too, to become both eligible. So we expect Georgia to win that game. We expect Alabama to win uh, down on the plains of Auburn. And that, that showdown is going to be, really, it's going to be, guys, winner goes to the playoffs, I think. And I know everybody's talking about What's going to happen with Alabama and Texas and all this? I still think if Alabama wins against the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs, they're going to be number one. Alabama is in. I don't care what happens anywhere else. I'm going to stand on this and shout it from the mountaintop. It's not that I'm looking through crimson glasses. If you beat the number one team, who everybody thinks Georgia has been just, you know, they are this big thousand-pound gorilla just pounding people. Well, if you go beat that gorilla, in Atlanta, basically in their backyard, there's no way this committee is going to hold Alabama out of the college football playoffs. I don't care what Texas does. I don't care because that is a massive win. You've had all these other good wins leading up to that, and then you go beat the number one team just a week before final, the final top 25 reveal, I should say, before the playoff starts. Alabama is in. So, we got all of that stuff to talk about, Christian, but let's kind of focus a little bit on the Iron Bowl. I want to throw that little tidbit out there, you know, that this is a game. I mean, you mentioned uh, he freeze at Ole Miss, beat Nick Saban twice. Seemed like he had this number, but we, you know, we found out there was some cheating going on. There was some entertainment, you know, things happening in the entertainment world mm. over at Ole Miss, so, but I'll leave that alone. But he did recruit some, some really, really good players. Um, you know, a lot of those guys played in the league, playing still in the league, Great offense. You know, Chad Kelly, I believe, was the quarterback who transferred from Clemson. Uh, he came in with some heroic-type passes. I remember uh, the game at Alabama. He just threw it up one time. The guy called. I think it was Treadwell or somebody like that. It was kind of a fluky game. But Ole Miss did beat the tie. Now, but this team at Auburn, I, I, I just, I'm having a hard time seeing them being able to beat the tie because how the tie is playing. Jalen Miro, phenomenal. He, the kid's getting better every single. What was he? Twenty. He was in his last game. He was thirteen of sixteen for one hundred ninety-seven yards. Thirteen of sixteen, but he three touchdowns, right? But yeah, with three touchdowns. But he started the game. Um, really, like of nine of nine, like ten of ten, almost. Yeah. I mean, he and, and really he opened the game up with that fifty-six yard, you know, bomb over to, to Jermaine Bird. So yeah, no, nah, he's definitely playing well. Um, playing as good as anybody in the country right now. And so I, I agree with you. These guys are hot, man. I mean, ever since it seems like, when was it? Uh, maybe around Tennessee week, right? I feel like they slowly 
really started getting hot offensively, in my opinion. I know the Texas A&M game was almost like a coming second out. Half, the second half when they, they routed Tennessee yeah, 27 they, to nothing. Yeah, you know, I just I mm. feel like Jalen Miller really has just, you know, stepped up his game, and there's so many contributing factors. You know, I think the experience, like we talked about, the more he plays, the more experience he gets, the more confident he's going to be. I also, again, have to tip my hat to Tommy Reese. I really feel that something happened during that bye week where they went to the drawing board and they said, look, all right, these are pieces. We know what we do well. Just This is what Jalen Milrow does well. This is his skill set, and this is how we're going to maximize that. Because I feel like after that bye week, man, that, this offense has just been so much more effective. They've been so much more balanced. They're running the football effectively, right? They're, they're working the perimeter. They're, they're throwing the football well. I mean, they're doing a lot of really good things. So I, I agree with you. I think it will be very tough for this Auburn football team to really have a chance against Alabama team that's so hot right now and is arguably – Honestly, I think the most dangerous football team in college football right now. I mean, the way Alabama's playing right now, would you agree that, I mean, they're arguably the most dangerous football team in college football right now? I think they're right there. I mean, I still think Oregon is a dangerous football team. But I think Alabama is right there. You know, the defense is playing very good, uh, very sound. I think they're, they're, I mean, Kevin still is doing a phenomenal job, or T-Rob, whomever you want to give that credit to. I would just say all of the above. Yeah, they're doing a great job. I think, you know, guys being hurt, the young guys have stepped in and, and played well, got some great opportunities on really both sides of the football. And and that's what happens. You know, we talked about this early on in the year that this is a team that's got to get coached up, right? This is a team that had a lot of different pieces. This is a team that had a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator. They would they had to find out who they were. It took, took them time. You mentioned that bye week. I mean, and that's where Tommy Reese – had to scrap his his playbook, right? Basically, you know what? Hey, that trash can with a fire over there, that first few games, five games, whatever it was, six games, throw that in that, that fire. Throw that playbook right over there because which, well, here's what we got to do, and it's what I talked about we talked about on the program, is let's figure out what we have, right? We have talent. We have ability. We, and by the way, we got a quarterback who's got juice. We got a quarterback that's got fire. This dude could run, and his athleticism is brings fear in every defensive coordinator because he is a guy that if you make one mistake, especially in, in running the football, he's to the, his house, right? He's a guy. If he if that line holds up, guess what he can do? He can throw a strike down the field to Burton, who came back from being ill a week ago, three catches over a buck for him, his favorite target down the field. So, we found out so much about this team that we didn't know much about Christian in the beginning. We did. I think we knew more because being at the scrimmages and you being at practice, you knew a lot what was going on. Although we were kind of warning the people early the fan base, I should say, who was doubting this team. But to me, the, the coaching job that Nick Saban and his staff has done has been remarkable. And the development of these players has been remarkable. And the wisdom... To say, you know what, I'm throwing my early playbook in this burning fire in this can over here, and I'm going to devise a scheme that works for for my quarterback, Jalen Miro, right? We're going to do some different things. We got players on the outside. We got tight ends. We got four or five backs. We got a big physical offensive line. Well, guess what? We're going to do some things. We're going to move the pocket some. We're not going to continue to just go drop back and let speed rushers just embarrass Caden Proctor. Right, that's smart coaching, and I think Nick Saban is a part of that because I think Nick Saban had to go have this conversation with Tom Reese. Like, we can't do this because that was just being foolish. What they were asking Jalen Miro to do, they were just basically you hamstrung him, and that's a word. They, you know, you put him 
with his hands tied behind his back and said, good, go win the football game based on the play calling and the system that was in place the early part of the season. But now you have freed him. You have freed him. What's that movie? Uh, I can't think of it now. <laughs> Give us us free. Give us us free. I, I don't know. Movie. I thought you don't know movies. Now you're doing movies? Oh, man. Wow. Give us us free. They gave him his free. You know, they freed the man no from being shackled and is. chained. And they said, you know what? Be free. Go play. Live life. Do your thing, young man. And that's what has happened. They allowed this kid to play. The defense has continued to elevate. You got playmaker, excuse me, on the outside. You got, you're not running the football. You're not moving the line of scrimmage, right? You're not protecting the quarterback with more consistency. All this has happened. That's why I'm confident the trajectory, the word we have used so much of this football team is amazing. And if they continue on that, with that mindset, they are going to be something to deal with, Christian. And that's why Auburn should not be an issue. But we have to say, you know, hold on, because we've seen Bama teams that good before and go down to Auburn and lose. Well, well, so, let, well let me ask you this real quick, because I, okay. I know we, we got a bunch of, we got a bunch of callers lining up. Uh, do you almost, and, and I'm not trying to jinx this, but do you almost worry, like, dang, man, we've had so many consecutive weeks where we just keep playing better and playing better and improving that you're almost like, man, I almost feel like we're kind of due for a week where we kind of have another little sluggish-type outing. Maybe this even is like the first half. I hate to even throw that out there, but it's like, yeah. dang, I'm not going to lie to you, like, we just haven't had that in, in recent weeks. Do you, I mean, do you think that could show up at any point? And does that concern you? Because we've got some serious games uh, with big implications coming up. Or do you think they're just going to continue on that trajectory? Nah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, almost like, man, we've been doing good for so long. You're like, I mean, I almost get worried. Well, I, I don't worry about it because I think this team. Or you think they've truly just grown that, up that much? Well, because they matured. Because they struggled early on. They lost to Texas. True. Right, and they, and they're a better football team than Texas, but they didn't know who they were. They had no identity. Yep, this team has zero identity offensively. Yet Jalen Miro still, even in that game, I remind people still in that horrible play calling and that horrible offense that they were running against Texas, still gave Alabama the lead. I believe in the fourth quarter, still just based on his talent, right? So, and then they struggled at South Florida where he didn't even play. So then they had some other halves where they didn't play as good, but then was masterful in the second half. You know, so we've seen the, the glimpses, but I think that's going to help them. You know this as well as I do. Yep. Sometimes when you struggle and when you have to find ways to win when you're not playing your best football, that stuff you build on. And that's why I think right now this team is in perfect uh, position to strike. They're confident. They, 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 they believe in who they are. They, they believe no matter who's in front of them, they're better than them. And they can win games. And we've said everything. Hey, they can't come from behind. Well, they've shown that they can do that, too. They've shown that they can throw the ball down the field. They've shown that they can make big plays when they need to. This is Alabama. And you got to have this freaking mindset, people. You know what I mean? This is a warrior sport. This is a sport where you got to have the swag. And you got to have the talent with swag. They got both. Right now, this is really a dangerous team because now they are starting to believe in themselves and they are preparing. And Nick Saban, masterful coaching job, dealing with the guy's mind, getting their mind right. Scott Cocker used to say it all the time, you got to get your mind right. And their mind is right. And right now, the doubt and all the negativity and all the things, the naysayers, don't think them kids didn't hear it. Don't think those coaches didn't hear it. 
They was ready to bury him. <laughs> they were, but what's that wrestling guy that you did one time when you was hurt and you came back? What's the name? The Undertaker. The Undertaker, yeah. Yeah. They thought they was buried, but out of the blue, here come Nick Saban. <laughs> Here comes the Crimson Tide. You got Cedric. Even Cedric having Nick Saban's cup of water, and he danced behind Coach and didn't spill one drop. You see that? That's impressive. Even Sid got confidence that he can he can dance behind Coach Saban with his water cup of Gatorade, whatever's in that cup, and he didn't spill one drop. This is the confidence, guys, that the tide is rolling with. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. I know the line of jam, no jam, and we got an app message. Stay right there. Quick pause. I want to hear from you. This is the Mills Edge. We're on the Tide 100.9. The home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports 1230 AM WTBC. You got to get your mind right, Tide Nation. Get your mind right. We'll be back in a moment. Bye. Hey, it's Chris. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Pulling out the coupe at the lot, turn up 12 swat, busting all the bells out the box. I just hit a lick with the box, had to put the stick in the box. Pour up the whole field, I'ma get lit. 9904 That's the number to the program. Don't forget to download the free app. Tie 100.9. You leave your message, your comments, your thoughts right there as well. Get ready to head right out to the phone. But first, young Miller got to take care of some business. Yeah, I just got to thank the folks that helped this show, uh, basically helped put the show on for you guys. So I want to remind you guys about our good friends over at Alumni Hall, where you can shop the latest and greatest Crimson Tide apparel, hats, jackets, shirts, shorts, Yeti products, tailgating gear, you name it. I know we just had our last home game, but guess what, folks? Basketball season is upon us. You know, the basketball team's playing right now. Make sure you go get all your gear for the basketball events. What else do we have coming up? I think gymnastics is about to start. So make sure you head on over oh, to yeah. Alumni. That's right, Noah. <laughs> make sure you head on over to Alumni Hall to get, again, the latest and greatest Crimson Tide apparel. It's officially licensed. Peter Millar here, Yeti products, everything you could think of. Head on over there. It's in Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. Or you can always go to alumnihall.com where the ultimate Crimson Tide fans shop. Also, if you are in town and you're looking to get adjusted, you want to feel better than ever, head on over to Spine and Sport Chiropractic where they provide quality chiropractic services for chronic conditions, injuries, sports-related trauma, and more right here in the heart of West Alabama. Come and discover how this form of medicine can improve your overall health by addressing your original cause of your ailments instead of masking your pain. I promise they'll take great care of you. They took great care of me while I was in college. Still do. They take care of the football team. They get all those guys ready to go on game day. So they'll get you ready to go to the workforce or wherever you're heading before you go on vacation or just every week when you need to get adjusted and, and feel better than ever. So head on over to Spine and Sport now or contact Dr. Brian McDonald and his team at 205-345-8102. Now let's, let's take phone calls all the way because we've got a lot of people lined up. And yep. uh, want to hear from you. you want to hear from you guys. All right, here we go. Let's kick it off. We are cracked up. We're loose. Let's roll the rest of the way. Ellis, you up first here on a Monday. Welcome in. Woo, roll tide there, gentlemen. Roll tide, Ellis. Roll tide. Uh, enjoyed the weekend while I was down there in Titletown. Uh, I really enjoyed the basketball game. I mean, that's fast-paced sports right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you better be in shape to be able to run up and down the court like that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I can't do it right now, but I used to back in the day. That's Ellis, why I played football, Ellis. Right. 
Well, that's why I did. I tried out for basketball, and that's why I didn't play because I couldn't run up down the court like that. Uh, uh, Els, how was the DJ at the basketball game? It was awesome. I'm, I was fixing to tell y'all that next. Really enjoyed that. He done a done an awesome job. Good deal. Yeah. Uh, DJ two checks. I I did mess up though before there was like two minutes and something to go in the game, and I spoke up. And I said, we're going to score 100 points. We're going to score 100 points. Well, guess what? We didn't, and the people I went with, had never they'll never let me live it down. <laughs> we were close. We'll be, we had 98. I was at the game, too, Ellis. Yeah, I mean, I, I know everybody. I, I think it was at Kai Spears. He he did, like, <laughs> full-court shot at the end, just hoping it would go. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I wonder what Nate Oates is going to say. But what if he would have made that? That would have been crazy. But I was hoping they got 100, too, but... Nonetheless, a, a, a very nice victory. I mean, they still won by, I mean, how much? Like 40 points, 50 points? Yes. And that young man, what did you say his name? Is it Spears? I think Kai Spears. He, Kai Spears, the, the one that he, he, he was one of the uh, guys to get in at the end, you know, with you know the time kind of winding down. Everybody starts cheering. But, no, Sears, now Mark Sears, he was on fire. I mean, he was just yeah. driving to the basket. Uh, he was scoring at will. A really good player. And I'm glad uh, he was. Uh, he had decided to come back because he's he's been a, a big piece of this basketball team this far. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was uh, one of the better players of the night right there. I mean, he was. Uh, he was getting it. That's all I can say. He was. Uh, I will be going back though. I've got to go back. Oh yeah, uh, it's a great atmosphere. No yeah, and uh, it was good to see you. And your brother, and got to see Tommy from Aramis. You know, yep. I think yep. I've made a new friend right there, him and his brother. That's uh, right. Just, uh, just a, fun, a good, fun time uh, down there in Tuscaloosa over the weekend. Uh, We're glad you could weekend. make it. Yeah. Beautiful weekend. Yes. And I did go by Alumni Hall and, and buy a couple things there uh, Friday. There you go. Now you, go. you can pair it up with that Miller's Edge hat I gave you. That's right. That's right. I've been wearing. I've already wore it once, so kind of keep it uh, clean so it don't get dirty. (laughs) It's all right. I'll get you you another one if we need you. Don't worry. We got plenty of them. All right. But uh, it's good to see you, though. Uh, I'm just uh, waiting for this weekend uh, to beat the Booger Eaters. That's your nickname, huh? That's your nickname yeah, for those guys. That's what they say. I've been yeah, here. The boogie eaters. The boogie eaters. <laughs> so hopefully they, uh, we'll put them to sleep over there on the sidelines on Saturday because yeah. so we can get these starters out and rest them up for the big game the following week because that's going to be a huge one. That's that's basically playoff game at its best. The SEC championship is going to happen before the playoffs happen, right? So that's the mindset, the mentality that's going to be out there in Atlanta. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, and uh, there's only one game that sticks with me, the Alabama and Auburn rivalry, and uh, it's a bad one, but it's the kick kick six. Oh, yeah. It it won't leave my head. Yeah, Uh, that was was rough. That was tough. I remember watching that. I remember I was sitting there watching that game, and I was like, unbelievable. That was I mean, I'm like the fan. My mouth was probably wide open and just in awe of what just happened, you know, just – what in the world? Yeah, my heart just sunk when I seen that. I just thought, <sighs> you know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, nothing you can do. I mean, but it's like, is this really <laughs> happening? I mean, just like, it's happening. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. It's well, and, yeah so. 
Um, That's a good I'm, one. That's a good one. They show it all the time, too. They remind us. Yeah. I'm hoping I get to go to the SEC championship game. I'm trying to as, I'm trying to find a ticket now. It'll probably be hard to do, but I'm going to keep on trying until it's too late. Yeah, yeah we, keep need, trying we need to, to keep on trying so we can have that that uh, that atmosphere we need in there because I know you're going to bring it, uh, Ellis. Yeah, oh yeah, I'll bring. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> I brought it even. I brought it even Saturday, and it was uh, it was uh, Chattanooga. You know, got to bring. It was, it. I thought they heard me down there on the field because they wasn't too much hollering, but I did my hollering. You did what we're supposed to do, fans. Right, regardless, go show up and show out, and you definitely showed out, Ellis. I try. I try. We appreciate you, brother. Uh, Hopefully you get that yes, ticket. Sir. Need some help, hit us up. We might can help you out there. All right. Thank you, and y'all have a good day. And roll right. tide. Roll yes, sir. Roll tide, man. Ellis. Let's go keep it moving here. We got about nine minutes. Let's go to uh, Lewis. Lewis, you're up next. Right ahead. Hey, guys. I love the show. You know, uh, I understand Auburn's going to be honoring the 2013 Kick 6 team, and I remember Colin Cowturd and all these other sports media guys were pretty much burying the dynasty. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the game's passed Nick Saban by, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, Bama's won three national championships since then. And until he and Miss Terry retired down there to Jupiter, Florida, to that little shack they bought, I, I, I think that you can't count the gentleman out. And, and, and one other thing, guys, one other thing. This targeting rule, I don't know if they'll change. They have got to adjust it. How does a player, how do you play defense anymore? And I'm going to hang up and let y'all, I got a question for y'all, but I just wanted to say the second half of the Auburn game is not every defensive player going, man, man, I don't know how, if if I get a targeting call, I'm going to miss the first half of the SEC championship game. Mm. And I know you guys played the sport at a high level. What would be going through your mind uh, at that time? And guys, you know, I love the show Roll Tide. Roll Roll Tide. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. That's a great question. I mean, and that's what I was talking about, Christian, is that the fact that if you ever get to a place mentally where you worried about that, you're not going to be able to play your best football, Lewis. Um, you can't be even thinking about it. You just have to, as I said in the first segment of the show, it's about instincts, right? And sometimes you just end that moment, right? Your defense is all about energy. and It's all about effort. It's about attitude. And that's the way you play the freaking game. And sometimes, like Chris Braswell, when you, you know, you don't get those opportunities too often where nobody even touches you and you got a direct shot on a quarterback. All you're thinking about is blowing him up and putting that blanket and pillow down there and said, nighty night, sir. I mean, that's but that's the mindset. So, but you watch games, and I think I've heard Coach Saban even say this, Christian, about, you know, the you can tell guys, especially in the back end, in the secondary, when a receiver runs a dig route, a crossing route, an over route, something like that, and a safety can have a bead right on them, but they almost olay the tackle just because they don't want to get a flag. And, and, and knowing that you got a big game next week, it, it definitely... You think about it, but at the same time, you can't. You just got to go play football. And yeah. hopefully that you're not getting get, And sometimes you have rare cases where you're going to have a collision and you just can't avoid it. And then that's why I think this rule is so dumb to throw a kid out that you know that's not intentionally trying to hurt somebody or take a shot that he gets kicked out of the game and miss a half of football that can cost the team down the road. 
Yeah, a couple of things, not be quick. I mean, if you could only limit it to the intentional shots, now it's going to be hard to judge, right? But mm. if you could make it only so the intentional shots, but you know, maybe all right. If it's intentional, then you kick them, out, kick them out of the game. If it's unintentional, they get to stay in the game, maybe still have like a, you know, unnecessary roughness type penalty. I, I think that would be a good adjustment. Like, for instance, Braswell was unintentional, right? Instead of throwing him out of the game, if you want to give him an unnecessary roughness, something right. like that. Give him, give him, yeah, like Dallas 15, Turner. You yeah. flag him and keep moving. And keep it going. Yeah, I think that would be a good adjustment and a good middle ground. Then also, to your point, uh, how do you how do you fix it and go about it as a player? Um, in-game decisions, is, is you're playing so fast, like my dad said. I mean, you're, 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 you're not really thinking about that. But what you can do is just like anything else, it comes with repetition, right? So in practice or, or wherever you're, you're at, you know, just keep, you know, uh, repeating drills where you're putting your head to the side, right? Doing that form tackle over and over. Emphasize it in practice enough where it becomes second nature on a Saturday. And that, that would be my only guess, unless you really are so quick with your with your reactions and, and, and your thought processing where you can clearly say, all right, I'm coming off the edge. I'm about to hit the quarterback. Let me move my head to the side of the last second, which is it's not impossible, but it's definitely difficult to do. So I think... Yeah, and the other thing, too, Christian, you got to be wary of is that when running back's coming through a hole, yeah. right, and, and he ducks his head. Oh, and sometimes Josh Jacobs receiver, has been fined like thousands of dollars yeah, this season because of that. They lower their head. They they put the crown on their helmet down there, and you go and trying to get low with a shorter back or but receiver. But that's football, though. I mean, what is it? You know but what I'm saying? But they like, are calling targeting with this stuff. That's what bothers me. That's the thing. It's like they're not allowing these kids to play football. I agree. I mean, and that's that's the problem. Let's go fast. We got let's head to Dallas real quick. We got Jared in Dallas, 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 Texas, the Cowboy Nation. Welcome in. Hey guys, how you doing? Everybody good? Doing well. Yes, sir. Doing, doing well, great, Jared. Bro. I just got something for you to think about real quick here. I'm 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 surrounded by well, I'm from Louisiana and I live in Texas, so it makes me an expert in delusional fan base. <laughs> that is so good, brother. Jerry. Surrounded by LSU, all these people. But anyway, think about this. This I, I get so aggravated with uh, you know the Bama bias stuff. There's no doubt about it. But think about this, okay? I asked some of my Texas friends this morning this question. So, hey, if uh, Oregon State had beaten Washington this weekend, what do you think Washington would be ranked? And they all answered the question, oh, I don't know, you know, six or seven right in front of us. And I said, but you, I said, but here's the deal. How could, how could you rank them behind Oregon if they beat them head to head? And I just mm. let it percolate. Mm. And their heads all just about, start, their heads started spinning <laughs> like a scene from The Exorcist because it hit them what I was saying. And the point I made was, was guys, if that happened, no one in the world would say a word. But if we were ranked ahead of you, the whole world would explode. Because you say you have a head-to-head win. But Washington beat Oregon head-to-head, but I guarantee you if they lose that game, which they should have, they would be behind Oregon tomorrow night. Guarantee. (laughs) That's that's, That's a fair point. That's a great point. I mean, but yeah, that'll be fine if, you know, they, Oregon State had one in Corvallis, but, but Alabama, oh, but they lost to Texas. So Texas has to be in front. There's no way the committee can yeah. put them, you know, and it's like, but it's yeah. Alabama bias. It's Alabama fatigue. You know that. And people don't want to see Alabama back because they're scared. They, even like last year, they didn't want them to be in that, in that tournament because they knew Alabama is a scary team to play. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to – a guy brought it up on Gary's show this morning, and I think it's such a, a huge point to make that needs to be brought up. I mean, because that is the truth. That is what would have happened. So, anyways, yeah. I'll let you go. Hey, Christian, I, I got 
I told you I got two kids over there in school. I got an NIL deal for you. It's still good if you go over to President Village and get them to tutoring on time, all right? <laughs> as, long, as long as I don't have to put my hands on I think that's what that was one of the things the first time. I said, I can't, t- I can't get in trouble with it. I'll, I'll go get on them. I'll, I'll, we can work that NIL I'll deal. <laughs> I like that NIL deal. All right, guys. Have a good day. Bless you, brother. Thanks, Jared. Jared from Dallas. Noah, real quick, can you read whatever they had on the uh, Ty Warner app? Yeah, it's a quick one. They just uh, Chris just wanted to know if you guys were going to be able to go home for Thanksgiving. Well, I'm home. I'm in the Columbia <laughs> Christian. Yeah, we, Christian's we, in Tuscaloosa. I was about to say, yeah, we've got some good plans going, but just just know wherever we're at, we're going to be eating some really good food. Just know yeah. that, Chris. We're going to be. I'm getting ready to do my uh, 24 before 24, so I got to lose 24 pounds after Thanksgiving. Good luck. Yeah, I'm, I ain't going to eat that much. Though. I'm just going to have some turkey and. Some, I am. You know, well, you you burn like you you. I know, I got the high metabolism. All the football players get to go home too, right? Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll get to go home probably, probably, dang, I can't even remember, like the day before, the evening before Thanksgiving. No, they don't even let them go home. They didn't make them eat right here at the facility. No, no, only, no, I'm saying if you live close enough. Sorry, I I should, I'm mistaken. If you live far away, you you can't do that. But if you live within an hour or two and you can drive home, they move practice up, that way you can go. Something like that, yeah. Gotcha. All right, well. Well, Bradswell going to be probably with Christian and Jamie. Uh, unfortunately, we had plans. Uh, we were going to be going to Sargent, Texas. You ever heard of that, Nova? Sargent, Texas. I'm flying into Houston at 7 a.m. in the morning, and then I'll be on the show after I got off the plane. But um, we'll be there, and I'm be back in Titletown next week for a whole week, so championship week. Looking forward to that. All right, we got to get up out of here. Um... Christian's up to you to get a couple of former players guests the next two days. I'll leave it up to you. All right. Yeah, I'll work on some. I'll, yeah. I'll work on that. And, and in the meantime, you got big noon sports coming up next. It's been a really fun edition of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9 and 1230 WTBC. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily.